Hey, what's going on everybody? My name is Seth Askelson and thank you for joining me on Locked on Coyotes. It is Thanksgiving week and if you're a Coyotes fan, a lot to be thankful for uh, throughout this first um, couple months of the season, right? A team that has come out really, a uh, season started a little bit earlier this year, but uh, nearing the second full month uh, of the season and a team that has come out and I think it's performed above expectations in the Arizona Coyotes. I don't know if I thought this team would have been um, in second place for the Pacific and, and playing an important game against the Oilers, right? I think if, if we had said that at the start of the year, a lot of people would have looked at us crazy, right? Like, what do you mean the Coyotes and the Oilers are going to be playing an important game in late November? Yeah, turned out they did, and uh, we'll get to that uh, game in just a second. There was a couple games this past weekend, including uh, the Coyotes traveling to Los Angeles the second time uh, within the week that the Coyotes had played the Los Angeles Kings a second time within five days, to be exact, as the Coyotes had taken down the Kings 3 to nothing on Monday night, and uh, they scored another three goals on Saturday, but this one a lot closer in a game that the Coyotes just did not look uh, ready to go in, at least in the final two periods. It played a little bit in the first, um, but uh, it really started to, to get out of hand in the second period, the final shots, 45 for Los Angeles, 19 for the Coyotes. So really outshot and uh, outplayed most of the game, but Antti Ranta, fantastic. He made 43 saves. Um, and uh, at that point, the Kings had a five-game uh, home win streak, and the Coyotes were able to snap that. It definitely uh, felt a little in unjustified for the Kings, especially the way they Performed. They played really well. And they've been playing some good hockey as of late. They may have not been getting the results, but um, in terms of the, the hockey they're getting, um, it's been good. And um, taking a look at that Kings game, Phil Kessel gets on the board. A nice, uh, nifty play, really. Uh, a tic-tac-toe through the neutral zone, getting over the blue line. Keller gives it to Kessel, and Kessel taps it home, his fourth of the season. And then in the second period another power play goal the Coyotes penalty kill not uh, performing as well as it did last season Anze Kopitar his ninth of the year at 225 of the second and then Lawson Krause answered 1529 of the second gave the Coyotes a 2-1 lead then Christian Fisher unassisted got himself one at 1750 before uh, Prokornok or uh, excuse me uh, Prohorkin was able to get one at 18:25. The Kings piled it on, but the Coyotes held off. Um, that was Christian Fisher. His goal was the uh, empty net goal. The Kings had pulled uh, Jonathan Quick pretty early, and Fisher, I mean, on a bullet, threw it all the way down the ice, pretty much 180 feet almost down the rink, and it hit the back of the net. And then uh, Prokorkin had scored uh, to cut it within one, but the Coyotes held off. So. A big win for the Coyotes there, and uh, just kind of shows the resilience of this team and just how important goaltending is uh, to this hockey team, right? A team that went on the road and gave up a ton of shots, uh, 45 to be exact. And I think the Kings, had, again, have been playing better hockey. I feel like the Kings are almost the Senators' version of what uh, of the Western Conference, right? I thought the Senators would, I wouldn't, again, not competitive, not playoff competitive, but fun to watch. I don't know if the Kings are in terms of, you know, up and down, high flyers, fun to watch, but they're still a pretty organized hockey team, and it's a team that understands where they're at and kind of knows what they have, but 
a lot of guys that have won Stanley Cups still have a lot of talent, still have a lot left to play for in this league. And uh, Anze Kopitar has been fantastic this year. And you got to wonder, I know Kopitar has been a part of that Kings organization for a long time, but you got to think that maybe at some point that he could be uh, nearing the end of his time there. I don't know if it'll be this year, but next year if the Kings are still in a big hole and Kopitar is proving that he can he can put up the points that uh, the Anze Kopitar era in Los Angeles will come to a close. I mean, you take a look at what he's done this season, and it's been amazing, right? Uh, 24 points in 23 games so far. A guy who's uh, at 912 points probably won't break the 100-point or 1,000-point barrier this season, but the way he's racking up points, he'll definitely set himself up in a good position to get uh, get that 1,000th 1, point at uh, some time next season over his last five games, uh, racking up the points. He had six points in the last five games. That includes uh, both Coyotes games from this past week. Um, goals in two straight. Had a three-point night against Detroit. Had an assist against Vegas. So a guy that's proving that still has a lot left in this league. Anze Kopitar, a talented guy. I know they gave him the captain, captaincy, and you never want to trade your captain away. But at some point, I um, again, I think it might come next year. I don't know if this is the year that they do it, but maybe next year when the, the Kings feel they they could use another draft pick, a pick that you know they could really start to to bolster up with. And uh, Anze Kopitar could do the trick. I mean, he'd be a great addition to uh, teams that are really looking to to get get their feet underneath them I think uh, maybe get some center depth up the middle you take a look at um, some of the what you get from the uh, some of the playoff teams right now right I mean uh, wouldn't hurt the Islanders could uh, reach out to see what Carolina would do maybe Florida could be an option Florida's pretty stacked at center but they do um, have Skevier playing uh, wings so uh, not necessarily the uh, greatest depth in terms of forwards for the Florida Panthers that could be an option um, a team like Philly could use him up front uh, so Andre Kopitar proving his worth really proved it against the Coyotes but again the Coyotes went out on the road and you got to give them credit for their resiliency right I mean it was a game that they were getting beat up and, and slogged down and really outside of the first period the first uh, 10 to 15 minutes of that hockey game just couldn't regain control and I think for the Coyotes it was important for them to wrap that one up. Andy Ranta again playing a huge factor in that those were two big points and uh, you know you watch the Kings and I don't think any Coyotes fans are going to feel sorry for them. I don't, you know, I don't want to put it like that but it's one of those where you start to think you know that's what the it's kind of what the Coyotes were uh, two three years ago just no matter how hard they worked, no matter how many shots they got on net, no matter how well they, they played, it just sometimes was not going to work out for them. That's where it seems like the Kings are. And, I mean, when it comes to hockey, a lot of games are one, two-goal games, right? When you see a score that's 4-1, 5-1 without any empty netters, you're thinking, man, that team really got outplayed. Uh, hockey is a sport where, again, just like any sport, it's really a game of inches, but where bounces matter, and, and it doesn't take one swing. And, and scoring in hockey can literally come from anywhere. I mean, we saw it with the Oilers last night. We'll get into that game in just a little bit. But um, right now the Kings are a team that, again, just like the Coyotes were a few years ago, you know, know they're down on, on their luck a little bit. 
and uh, are going to give you a really good test. They have a lot of veteran guys playing with pride. Um, so a good one for the Coyotes on Saturday, um, and, it, and it really set them well up uh, for Sunday last night at Gila River Arena. And uh, before we jump into that, into that we'll talk about something that could uh, really help you set yourself up for in a good situation when it comes to finding dinner, right? You can treat yourself to the meal you deserve and have your favorite restaurants come to you with DoorDash. Right now, our listeners, which is you, can get $5 off their first order uh, $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code Locked On. Are you listening on the go? Uh, and if you are, please, please, please do not look at your phone. If you can't visit DoorDash right now, you can find this and all other offers from Locked On sponsors at LockedOnPodcast.com slash offers. Once again, all offers across the Locked On Podcast Sports Network at LockedOnPodcast.com slash offers. So now let's Jump into the game last night. The Coyotes return home after a win over the Los Angeles Kings and got to take on the first place Oilers. And it was looking good uh, so far, especially through the third period, but uh, kind of came off the tracks a little bit for them in that third period. And um, let's go over the uh, kind of the quick box score real quick. Uh, James Neal on the power play was sitting wide open and it was an easy tap and it was a shot off a rebound. A lot of scrambling. The puck got thrown out to the point and it went from McDavid to Dreisaitl and Neal standing all by himself wide open cage taps it in for his 14th of the year uh, didn't take too long for the Coyotes to respond though um, just a little under eight minutes later Carl Soderberg his seventh after he got robbed on Thursday night by Frederick Anderson this time didn't wasn't going to get be denied and he put it home Schmaltz his 15th Goligoski his 11th um, and then uh, this is where things got interesting, right? A, a power play goal, which you never want to give up one of those. But if if you're going to say, hey, you know, if McDavid and Drysdale are going to get a point, fine. It maybe on the power play, you want to shut them down five on five. And uh, the rest of the Oilers' goals did not come, or assists did not come from uh, the two uh, megastars on that team. Alex Chason scored uh, early in the second. Another early period goal bites the Coyotes at 122 as he scores. His second of the season from former Coyote Sam Gagne and Oscar Clefbaum, his 17th assist, that is. Um, and then Christian Fisher at 11.52. Uh, got tangled up with Connor McDavid at neutral ice and was kind of holding on to McDavid's leg. And it was kind of uh, McDavid trying to shake himself free. Fisher kind of playing innocent, laying on the ice, still holding on a little bit. And uh, they finally get up, and McDavid gives Fisher an extra shove. Well, as uh, McDavid gives that shove, he goes off for the change. Fisher gets up, jumps into the play. He's all alone in the slot because everybody kind of forgot about him as he was uh, having his battle in the neutral zone with McDavid. And Fisher ripped it home, his third of the season. And then Vinny Henestroza, who's been fantastic over the last couple weeks, uh, from a tough angle, Banks it off the far post, got it underneath the pad of Koskinen, banked it off the far post, and scored his fourth of the season. Goligoski had a three-point night. That was his third assist. It looked like the Coyotes were in pretty good control of this hockey game. And then in the third period, it really started uh, from what I saw was once they got underneath the 10-minute mark of the third period, it you saw McDavid, you saw Dreisaitl, you saw the uh, Cassian line go out there and uh, it's every other shift right and and the Coyotes were really keen it looked like to 
put out Grabner, Richardson, and Fisher um, against that line, right? Grabner uh, has the speed, has the ability to keep up with McDavid and Dreisaitl. Richardson, probably their best defensive center, and Fisher, just a good body. He's able to mix it up, compete with Cassian if he has to in the corners. Um, and, you know, you don't want to send a line out there. You know, they got Cassian, and he's out there to protect McDavid and Dreisaitl, but you don't want to put a line out there that um, where Cassian can start picking on those forwards without any help. So um, Christian Fisher tasked on that line. They did a great job. But once they started double shifting, I think it was uh, – I wouldn't say tough for the Coyotes, but they were trying to find that other line that um, would match up with that McDavid line. Again, that's uh, it's the Rubik's Cube of the NHL at the moment. How do you match McDavid and Dreisaitl? It looked like the Coyotes tried to step on line a little bit uh, through the Soderberg line. That included Kessel out there. Um, but th- they couldn't afford to double shift uh, that Richardson line. Grabner just coming off injury. It seemed that he missed Saturday to more of a precaution than anything. Um, he was a little banged up, but the Coyotes had uh, the availability at forward to where they didn't have to push it. Uh, Lawson Krause takes a hard fall. I mean, uh, his neck and his back kind of compress into the boards in L.A. on Saturday afternoon. So um, it was kind of it looked scary. It looked very scary. So he got the night off. So Grabner in. I you know you'd expect you don't want to push Grabner too hard. A guy who had missed the previous two games uh, looked like he was good in practice on Friday again. I think the the precaution right. The Coyotes have the depth to where they feel comfortable that if Grabner has to miss a couple, um, they can do that. But again, Grabner back. You don't want to push him too hard, and so you can't double shift that line every time. And I think Dave Tippett kind of understood that, right? I, not that anybody wouldn't have double shifted those two in that situation, but I think because of that, it may have got the Coyotes mixed up in, in terms of lines a little bit. And um, again, the game winner or the uh, game tire, excuse me, did not come from that line. It was Marcus Granlin, his third. He's heating up. He scored the game winner. Uh, in Vegas uh, on Saturday night, the night prior, and uh, picked up his own rebound. It was a shot that caught Kemper up high, couldn't glove it. It's a tough one. He was fighting it off, and it dropped down. Nobody picked up Granlin. He skated over two defensemen's sticks and slapped it into the corner. So um, the Coyotes were pretty much on their heels as uh, the third period wound down. Uh, outshot 37-30, to 30 and... Um, we were at the game, uh, we being uh, Scott Strand from Ice Time Hockey Southwest and myself, and, you know, you're. it's always curious to see the ice time, right? Uh, especially for McDavid and Dreisaitl, a lot has been made about that. But uh, in overtime, a couple interesting things. Uh, Dave, took a, Dave Tippett took a timeout in overtime at uh, about 3.57 to go. Um, it was at a whistle. McDavid and Dreisaitl had been out there, and he took a timeout, and just to get him right back out there. He took that time out to give him a break and put him right back out there. And uh, they dominated the overtime. The Coyotes got a chance. Uh, there was a couple, about a minute and a half there. as Time was ticking away that uh, that line was not on the ice. And the Coyotes had a couple opportunities that they just couldn't put home. Eventually, it goes to the shootout where Connor McDavid, the only one to score, and he got a piece of Kemper's pad, and it went through his leg uh, to score. But... Um, Again, the Oilers, resilient, right? And I've always given the Oilers a hard time, whether it be on this show or prior, right? Uh, You think they've wasted so much talent, and it's true, but this Oilers team feels different. I know when Dave Tippett became head coach, I was 
you know, you're scared, right? Not scared, but you're like, okay, well, they may have just found the right guy to get this group into shape. And Dave Tippett, a fantastic coach. Um, Koskinen, he split uh, evenly the starts with Mike Smith, but Koskinen, especially numbers-wise, has been fantastic um, and far and away the better goalie. So interesting to see if he gets uh, a little more of the starts, right? I don't think in today's NHL you're going to see another guy start 60 games. Uh, and I think part of the reason is, just a, kind of a quick tangent on that, is Cam Talbot played a, a boatload of games the year the Oilers returned to the Stanley Cup playoffs in 2017, and he came back the next year and he was did not look good, did not look sharp, looked tired. So I think... And part of that, again, I think that has started a little earlier than that, but that definitely was a good case study to look at. Uh, so I don't know if Koskinen is going to get uh, a major bulk of the starts in terms of finishing the year at, at you know, 55 or 50 even, but um, it'll be interesting to see. I think he'll get a little bit more of the starts. Uh, but the Oilers, again, like I said, uh, I've doubted them, and... I've got to stop because this team has been good. They've been really good um, defensively a lot better than uh, I thought. Ethan Bear is a great talent for them. Um, he's been playing extremely well, and I think that was part of the struggles for the Oilers was getting some of those younger defensemen to play well. Uh, Dave Tippett has done a fantastic job with Ethan Bear. He looks awesome. Um, you know, uh, you, I mean, you think about guys, right, like uh, Griffin Reinhardt, uh, just uh, a couple of names, and uh, Dave Tippett's got that team rolling. It's easy when you have the two best uh, healthy superstars available at, at forward. And uh, But, you know, hats off to the Oilers. They look good, and, and they look like the top team in the Pacific right now. I mean, again, it was a, uh, this game, obviously, between the top two teams in the standings. I thought they were the best two teams coming in to that game and uh, the Oilers proved that uh, they're gritty and, and they got their revenge from uh, a couple weeks earlier so uh, hats off to the Oilers uh, a fantastic performance by them the Coyotes though uh, they finished the week uh, not uh, in too bad a shape they picked up a, a good amount of points beat the Kings twice um, they went four of eight on the week which or uh, five of eight on the week which eh, you know especially when you could add six out of eight on the week um, don't feel amazing about yourself, but again, five out of eight points, if you can get that every four-game stretch, uh, you're going to be pushing yourself towards a pretty good playoff spot. So the Coyotes, again, even though they lost, uh, still a lot of good things to look forward to. Um, they got a big week ahead of them, three more uh, Pacific Division opponents uh, on the docket for them starting on Wednesday against Anaheim. So as we always do here on Locked on Coyotes, take a look at uh, the scores from this past week and a lot going on. Um, quickly, we'll go over uh, Saturday's games, uh, not to delay anything too longer. Uh, on Saturday, Canucks beat the Capitals 2-1 in a shootout, a fantastic effort by JT Miller. I'm sure everybody's seen it um, with Quinn Hughes, the little push. Um, stop TJ Oshie on a breakaway, helped the Canucks beat the Capitals 2-1. Flames uh, beat the Flyers 3-2. The Coyotes again beat the Kings 3-2. Maple Leafs look like they might be back. Five goals on the Avalanche. A 5-3 win. Tyson Berry scores for uh, his second straight game and the first time against his former team. The Jets over the Blue Jackets 4-3. The Bruins in overtime over the Wild. Tory Krug, the OT winner. The Rangers, huge comeback against Montreal. They take down the Canadiens 6-5. Lightning 6-2 over the Ducks. 
Devils beat the Red Wings 5-1. Hurricanes over the Panthers 4-2. Predators over the Blues 4-2. Stars 2-1 over the Blackhawks in a shootout. The Oilers take down the Golden Knights 4-2. And the Sharks beat the Islanders in overtime thanks to Logan Couture. 2-1 victory. That was all Saturday. On Sunday, that was yesterday, obviously, Coyotes 4-3 loss to the Edmonton Oilers. The Sabres put five goals on the Florida Panthers, hand them uh, the second straight loss in as many days. Uh, Jeff Skinner, uh, Zygmunt Gergensen, Jack Eichel, Victor Olofsson, and Gergensen's once again all goal scorers for Buffalo. Achari and Connolly, the goal scorers for Florida. Hurricanes blanked the Red Wings 2-0 in a rematch of the 2002 Stanley Cup Final. Sebastian Ajo, Tevu Teravainen, the goal scorers for the Hurricanes. Right now it is approximately 10 p.m. in Arizona. A lot of games have ended. Uh, we'll go over those first on this gorgeous Monday night. Lightning 5-2 over the Sabres. Kucherov, Sergachev, Gord, Paquette, Palat. Uh, all goal scorers for Tampa Bay. Sam Reinhart, Jimmy Vc gets his first in a Sabres jersey. The Rangers 3-2 overtime winner. Former Coyote, Tony D'Angelo. The game-winning goal in extra time. The Flyers take down the Canucks 2-1. Koturia and Vorsek, the goal scorers for Philadelphia. JT Miller scores against his former team, his 10th of the season. The Penguins 3-2 over the Flames in overtime. Dylan Dubé scores his first of the season. Sean Monaghan gets one as well. But Alex Galchenyuk gets his first as a Pittsburgh Penguin. Uh, Jamie McCann as well as Jake Gensel in overtime to beat the Flames. A quick note on that, Akeem Alou, um, who was uh, somebody that was uh, breaking barriers down in the National Hockey League, has claimed that Bill Peters um, once uh, used uh, the N-word in, in his presence. So um, Bill Peters, who was uh, on the ropes already in, in terms of a job, we'll see what's next. A lot of uh, player abuse has come out, or uh, abuse of players by coaches has come out in uh, recent days so um, interesting development and and you hope it's not true but if it is uh, you hope uh, it's a quick and swift punishment for bill peters as uh, we move on blue jackets the only goal scorer oscar bjorkstrand 21 seconds into the third period they take the senators down one nothing in the shootout the predators beat the blues three to two nick bonino ryan johansson goal scorers for nashville perron and Braden shen their goal scorers for St. Louis. The Stars helped the Coyotes out a little bit. They beat the Golden Knights 4-2. Radulov, Lindell, Dickinson, and Radulov again. Radulov, two power play goals for Dallas. Jimmy Dickinson's been on a roll a little bit too. Shea Theodore, Paul Stasny. The goal scores for Vegas. Games in progress at the moment at the second intermission. Again, this is about 10 p.m. Arizona time. Second intermission, Ducks 1-0 on the Islanders. Ryan Getzloff, the only goal scorer in that game. 3-0 Sharks on top of the Kings, Eric Carlson, Timo Meyer twice in the second as they are handing it to the Kings at the moment. And we'll take a look at the standings. Not everything is done for the evening, so take that into effect. Over the weekend, nothing changed in the Metro. Washington Islanders, Hurricanes still 1-2-3, 37, 34, 31 points respectively. Uh, Florida still uh, somewhat clinging on to the uh, second spot in the Atlantic. They're two points ahead of Montreal, but in first place, Boston with 35, Florida 29, Montreal 27. Florida now a minus one goal differential. Thought their goaltending problems were solved. Maybe it was a little more than that in the wild card spots. Pittsburgh and Philadelphia are still holding it down. 
Tampa Bay, though, they've won three in a row. They're at 26 points. Toronto's two straight wins puts them at 26 points. 2-7-1 in the last 10 for Buffalo. They're at 25, and they are a sinking ship. Two in a row for the Rangers, though. 6-3-1 in their last 10. 24 points. Columbus, 24 points as well. They've played better as of late. 7-3 for the Senators. They're at 23 points. New Jersey, 20 points. And the Red Wings, losers up there. Last four in last place in the East, 17 points over to the West. Uh, one, two, three, still the same from the last time we spoke. St. Louis, 34, Dallas, 32, and Winnipeg now with 29. In the Pacific, same thing goes. Edmonton, Arizona, Vancouver, nothing has changed. Um, Coyotes, again, early. It's November, but uh, doing a good job, starting to put some, put a little bit of separation between them and a couple other teams. Uh, maybe kind of turn the last spot where it's more about positioning than uh, just staying in the race. But again, still a lot more hockey to be played. Uh, a little past the quarterway mark of this season in the wild card spots. Colorado, 28 points. Vegas, 26 points. Two, six, and two in their last 10. They're clinging on desperately to that spot. They're losers of their last two. The Flames, 26 points. They sit on the outside. They're struggling. Uh, the Predators, who haven't had a great couple of weeks, they're winners of their last two. They have 25 points. San Jose right now. Um, again, up 3-0 on L.A. if that holds. They will have 27 points and jump into that second wild card spot. Chicago, 23 points. Anaheim, 23 points. If they're to win, they go to 25. Minnesota, 22 points. They've lost two straight overtime games. And the Los Angeles Kings, 19 points. Last place in the Western Conference. So appreciate you tuning in here for Locked on Coyotes. Hopefully we'll get to you tomorrow. Talk a little bit more about the upcoming week. Any news and notes from around the league regarding the Arizona Coyotes. So again, appreciate you tuning in. You can follow me on Twitter at SAskelson96. Once again, that is at S-A-S-K-E-L-S-O-N-9-6. Follow the show on Twitter at L-O underscore Coyotes. Once again, that is at L-O underscore Coyotes. Once again, appreciate you tuning in. Hope we can talk to you tomorrow. And as always, we hope you stay locked on, Coyotes.